Blog Talk Radio. Saturday here on the Balance Radio Network, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I am your host. I am your guide. You will bow down to me for the next hour and change, hour and a half, and we're going to break down the sports. Break it down. This week, the NFL Combine's here in Indianapolis, and the Colts are looking for their next Franchise quarterback. Is he here? Is he here in Indianapolis already? As we've been hearing on local radio and commercials, uh, the Colts may not know who their uh, next franchise quarterback, quarterback is, but he's here in Indianapolis this weekend. Is he? Is he? I don't know. I, I still have my doubts of Chris Ballard effing it up. In the draft, we we heard a lot of lip action from the Colts uh, this this week in the in in the combine. So we'll get into that. We'll save all that juicy stuff for just a little bit. But the, well, the Colts aren't the only one uh, looking for a franchise quarterback. So you know. <laughs> but we will start things off with Adam Jividen. Our official uh, college football, co-pilot, Browns, Buckeyes, Guardians, and super-duper Cavaliers fan. (laughs) He'll be helping us break down the underwear Olympics, as we always call it. He'll probably get into a little March Madness talk, because that's right around the corner as well. Tony Donahue. The Tony D podcast. Good to have him back on. Uh, and burnoutsports.com will join us from St. Petersburg. That's right. IndyCar is back in St. Pete. And that is going to be exciting to start because you know what that means. It's only just a matter of time until it, it, it's the Indy 500. And life is good again. Life is good again. 917. 889-8516 is my digits. Stick around. It's about to get good. Quick stop, midnight tea top, Jack and her cherry coke pen. Mama and daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yellow dog school bus, kicking up red bus, kicking us up by a barbed wire fence. 
on the RCA, no AC in the vent. We were Jesus, same blue jean baby, born in the USA. Trailer park truck stop, fade a little map dots, New York to LA. We were teenage dreaming, front seat leaning, baby, come give me a kiss. Put me on the cover of the Rolling Stone uptown, down home. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans' causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because 
They make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this any way to treat an intimate friend? And if this one could be with you, what a wonderful world this would be. Now, I don't claim to be an A student, but I'm trying to be. Presidente, we're efforting to get a hold of Adam Jevedin. Not sure where he's at, but we'll lift every rock, we'll kick every stone. By golly, we'll find him. Uh, if not, guess what? You're stuck with me. 917-889-8516 is our digits. That's right. Give us a call. You want to talk some NFL? You want to talk some uh, March Madness? Uh, what have you? Anything is on the line. Anything and everything is on the line. It's the 2023 NFL Combine here in Indianapolis, as we often affectionately refer to as the Underwear Olympics. Really doesn't mean much to anybody unless you're inside the ins and outs of the uh, of the NFL. And just to kind of give you a, a breakdown, maybe, of what the NFL uh, Combine is, uh, it really is a combination of a lot of things. Um, it's the uh, mental evaluation. I wonder what we've seen recently or in recent years, uh, what, what, what kind of uh, – Criteria goes into that, but we'll save that for another show. Uh, but it, it really what it is, it started here on Thursday. It's a week-long um, showcase. Uh, it happens every every February uh, here in Indianapolis, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and the convention, sta- uh, convention Center downtown. Well, until it moves to L.A., we think that's uh, going to be happening soon. But for the, for the moment, it's here. Uh, and, and really – it's 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 a job interview for all intents and purposes. It's a job interview uh, where where college football players 
who who are hoping to get into the NFL uh, are invited. You have to be invited now. It's it's like like I said, it's the job interview, so you have to get the job interview. Um, but the, the NFL coaches, general managers, and scouts uh, all come together, all rendezvous in downtown Indianapolis. It's great for the economy. Uh, again, by invitation only. But what they do is they evaluate, hey, do we want this person in our draft? Do we want to select this person as our as our quarterback or as our running uh, or as our, our wide receiver? You know, it really does help increase or decrease, for that matter, uh, the draft stock of uh, of the uh, of the NFL players. So there's a lot of things that go on in the NFL, and so we've seen. And then also, it's a it's a good it's a good combination of media. Of course, local media has been down there, but every media, every city that has a NFL team is down there. Uh, of course, there's the, the the podium dance, as I like to call it, <laughs> where your coaches and your court, your future quarterbacks and your uh, general managers, i.e. Chris Ballard here in Indianapolis, get up there and spew their propaganda of what we're going to do, what we're looking at. Here's one thing. The combine is a very, very important of the draft, but it's not the draft. Let's just put it that way. So you might see uh, players do well in the draft. And, uh, I mean, not, sorry, not even be invited to the combine, but do well in the draft. And those that do were invited to the combine, do well in the combine, and not well in the draft. So it's a combination. Uh, one, th- one thing that we're going to see today is, is the uh, quarterbacks. They're going to get out there. That's one reason why we called it franchise quarterback today. <laughs> so we got the quarterbacks today. Levi's will throw throw the, the a uh, will throw today at the combine. Sorry, Kentucky quarterback. I say that because I'm bringing everything full circle here to Indianapolis, and that a lot of people hope to see see him as the next quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Kentucky's Will Levis. He's, he's certainly going to be a top ten pick in the in the 2023 draft. Um. He did speak Friday, yesterday, uh, at the, on the podium, and he said, and I'm saying what he said, he said he presented himself really, arguably, the most self-assured quarterback in this year's class. One of the quotes that we could take away from him is, yeah, I mean, my goal is to win more than anybody, Levi said. Uh, I want to be the greatest of all time. You're crazy if you don't think I like it that way. Well, maybe that's the kind of confidence that we need here in Indianapolis. Joining us now, Adam Jividen, who's been flying all over the planet this week. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm tired, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I know, buddy. I've, I've lived those shoes. I've been there. I know what, it, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. In any any uh, exciting things that you can share from your travels this week? 
No, it was interesting because I was out in, <laughs> in Arizona and uh, in L.A., and what was weird, it was it was colder there than back home here in Indianapolis. So, I saw that. That's crazy. You know, you go to you, you schedule a trip for Arizona and L.A. in February going like, yeah, I'm going to get away from the cold. <laughs> It'll be nice and warm. And the weekend before was a blizzard. So naturally, it's the, uh, it was warmer here than it was there. Well, you know, you know last week, NASCAR was out in Fontana, and uh, they had a combination of rain, snow, and like crazy wind. And that, yeah. it, like, it never snows in in Southern California. I mean, it does in the mountains, which they're right. They're not too too far from the mountains. There are obviously big mountain scenery behind there. But yeah, I've been there, done that. Well, you know what's been going on here in Indianapolis this week? The NFL combine oh, yeah. or the underwear underwear Olympics. So I was just talking a little bit about that. And Levi's, you know, you know I, I, I'm on the fence with him. And he's certainly a guy we're watching here in Indianapolis. Obviously, this is – we're putting on the homer card a little bit. But let's, let's talk about – I don't know we were gone. So you may not have heard a lot of uh, of the media stuff. But Chris I, Ballard. I didn't hear any of the podium stuff. I just know the media is – is stupidly going gaga for him. This is Zach Wilson all over again with uh-huh. with less of a body of work. You're talking about Will Levi's, right? Will Will Levis? Yes. Levis, sorry, Levi's. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he wears Levi's. I don't know. I, I, well, you know, here's I mean, the if, thing. He, if he doesn't have a sponsorship with Levi's yet, he will once he gets drafted. You <laughs> he better right. Well, I always ask. Exactly. I always ask the question. I always ask the question, why didn't Peyton Manning ever get an endorsement from Omaha Steaks? I mean, that would have been the perfect. He did after he retired. Oh, did he? I did not know that. Uh I like Omaha. Yeah, I like them. But uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, buddy. No, I just – the thing that's really challenging about Levis is here you're talking about a guy who – played in the big conference who and, and, and you can say what you want about the SEC and the SEC defenses but the SEC defenses the last couple of years outside of Georgia and maybe Alabama have been really down we're just going to call it for what they are do they still have their share of individual studs sure but they've been down as a whole on defense and 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 and, it, and I think most people besides like casual college fans would acknowledge that. And so you're saying, okay, here's a, here's a team that's down on defense. Will Levis never threw for more than 250 yards. <laughs> or no, one time. Sorry. Threw for more than two. Tom, we're not talking 400. We're talking 250 in a game one time. Mm-hmm. One time. That's my ch- – I you don't – like, with Justin Herbert, like, I'll be honest. I missed on my evaluation of Justin Herbert. I think a lot of people did. I was like, no, I don't know if he's going to be that good. I, I, I think he, the, the physical talent's there. I just don't know if the physical talent can overcome the mental makeup. So, What's it's one of the things where I think, as Herbert was coming out, you're going, okay, it's there, but will it ever come out? We don't know. And so I was like, I, I, 
I thought he would be better than Tua just because I didn't think I thought Tua was too small in the for the NFL. And 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 exactly what I've said about Bryce Young. And Tua is even smaller than Bryce Young. Or excuse me, Bryce Young's even smaller than Tua. I had it backwards. Um <laughs> with Will Levis, I'm going okay, the mental makeup might be there. I don't see a first-round quarterback when I look at this kid, besides the fact that he's 6'4 and white. Like, if I'm just going to be honest. Like, it, he, he's that stereotypical – he's the stereotypical – like, we get these every year. You know, it's, it's Blaine Gabbard. It's Brock Osweiler. It's uh, the – oh, gosh, the other dude that the Jaguars drafted that took them to the playoffs despite being horrible. Um, it's Zach Wilson. It's like, it's dudes that these owners were like, well, he would look good. And he would sell seats. He looks good on a billboard. Yeah, but can he play the position? No. Yeah, and, and here, I here, just here, don't here. think he's going to get it done. If you're picking no, him, I, 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 I don't if disagree. you're out of options at the top of the first round, fine. But if you're picking him over other guys, no. He's, yeah. he's no, fourth I, on I totally, my list at best. I totally don't disagree with you. I I will say this much about Chris Ballard in, at the podium this week. He did not really tip his hat as to who they're leaning toward, even though they they, they tried to get it out of him. You know, fighting a franchise quarterback is is, is probably you know we call, called the show today uh, franchise quarterback. Yes, the the Colts are the spotlight of who's going to get the, the the franchise quarterback spot, but you know. It's likely a priority for several teams in the NFL uh, this year, and there is perhaps no better place to look at, at the uh, look at that than what we saw this week. And then uh, today, we'll see the quarterbacks out there throwing. So, what I would do is just kind of go through this these uh, players, and I'm going to give you my thoughts of where I think they end up. You tell me, yay or nay, or who, or, or certainly give your, your your thoughts on it. Let's talk about. All right. Another person everybody's talking about, Bryce Young from Alabama. Um, I think the Texans will pick him up. He's he's certainly uh, the most complete quarterback of the bunch and the savviest. However, his biggest knock leading up to the draft surely will be his size. So there's that. Uh, but Bryce Young, Alabama to the Houston Texans in the number two. What are you, what are your spots? I, I think it makes sense. Are, if who are, who's picking one in this scenario is the question. There's there's the question. Because Chicago's right. not yeah. I would say because and, and at the same time, I think whoever trades up is not trading up for Bryce Young. I, I feel like we've already seen a shift where people are saying it's either going to be Stroud or Levis one over over Bryce Young, and the size concerns that I've voiced all season are starting to come out a little bit. I, he is small. And when you see him at the podium or just see him next to some of these other guys, you're like, wow, he is, he is not a big guy. And that's really starting to flesh itself out. Now, I think him to Houston makes sense. Um, I think Houston wants somebody that's going to lead the franchise um, and kind of be a, a good leader. And Houston needs to just tear this thing down to the studs and start over think it makes sense there. So let's talk about your Ohio State. Um, and two, two things here that I want to talk with you about. Uh, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, I think Indianapolis picks them up. I, I think it's the worst kept secret. 
and I don't think they um, trade up. I think they stay at the number four, honestly. Stroud is really improved no, his evaluation. I don't, I don't with think his so at all. I, I think if he, if he gets past – so if Levis goes one to someone, I think he ends up in Carolina. Okay. With our well, you know where who right? I'd rather him go to Frank Reich than than be here. Well, honestly, that... honestly, I think that's who ends up with with Levis. We were just talking about. And, that and was this, who well, I had. It. I, think, I think it's gonna. I think those two teams and those two players, whichever one gets to Stroud, ends up taking Levis. I I think they're essentially interchangeable. So let me ask you this: Going back to C.J. Stroud, let's just play the card that he comes to Indianapolis or any insert quarterback name here. First of all, who do you think is coming to Indianapolis in the draft? And do they trade up? What do they do? What are your thoughts on what the Colts are going to do they, with the draft? I think if they don't trade up, I think it's Levis. And then that's—I mean—you're looking at three to five years of quarterback hell, and then we're going to be doing it all over again. Um. I so is so is Ste- is Steichen and his new uh, uh, crew uh, able to mold Levis into the quarterback that you think that he's not? I, I, here's the thing, Tom. I don't know that it matters. What I'm saying is, it's one thing to mold the quarterback. Like we saw, like Josh Allen coming out, and he didn't have like he had a big arm but didn't have, like, accuracy issues. I, I watch tape of Levis, and I go, not a great arm. He's not accurate. He takes a long time process. Like, I just look at it, and again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'll be the first person, unlike anybody in the national media, to admit it. <laughs> but, but I just don't see it. Now, could they? Sure. But I think Will Levis is his ceiling – is at best top 12 quarter top 12 top 14 league like he's never going to crack that top eight which is what you hope for to compete for a super bowl right like you hope that their ceiling is at least top eight i look at cj stroud i've watched him dominate good defenses and go that dude he could be a top a top five quarterback in the league i watch bryce young and i go Bryce Young could be a top five quarterback in the league if he were bigger, but he's not. And that's the thing that everybody with Bryce Young, forever, they would just disregard the size. That's going to be the problem. And, now, and they're like, well, size concerns the size. And then one guy, uh, Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN goes, you know, I kind of see, I kind of see a lot of Steph Curry in Bryce Young, and you know, he's undersized, but he still gets the job done and does it at a historical level. And then, and then I don't remember who it was. It was one of the guys on ESPN. Looks and goes, and yeah, except Steph Curry isn't trying to evade LeBron James hitting him at full speed. Like <laughs> they're starting to realize this might not work just because he's little. Um, yeah. But I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know that Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs could make Will Levis a great quarterback just because. So I just. I see one of these guys that takes a long time processing the the play on the field and then just doesn't actually have the physical ability to get it done. Right. 
So real real quickly, let's talk about your Browns. And there's a guy that's been getting some attention at, at the combine this week, and a lot of people are talking about the Cleveland Browns picking up Kalijah Kansi out of Pitt. They really like this defensive uh, uh, lineman. They think that he is the perfect fit to fill that hole there in Cleveland. What are your thoughts? Browns need D tackles. The thing that's hard about the Browns is we're evaluating the roster as a as from 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 an outside perspective. Is how bad did the defensive staff last year do in putting these guys into positions to succeed? Um, and that's that's hard in the evaluation. I I it, it, it for the Browns right now. Clancy looks good. I've also seen Mozzie Smith, um, Michigan, be talked about. There's also talk that the Browns could be aggressive to try to go up to get a wide receiver to help out Watson in the offense. Um, I see one of probably three positions for our first pick, because our first pick right now isn't until the second round. Um, I see D tackle. I see wide receiver. And I could see defensive end. Um, but I think they're going to try to address defensive ends in free agency. Um, the name I've been heard is Brandon Graham from the Eagles. Um, obviously, uh, Jim Schwartz was their old defensive coordinator. So we may fill one of – and that's the thing, too, is I don't know – we don't know who they're going to fill in the, from the defensive um, line in free agency. I've heard that we could be in on both Brandon Graham – and or Fletcher Cox from the Eagles if they get let go or not, you know, not re-signed by Philadelphia as like a one or two year, uh, you know, supplement of the position until they can, and then do other things in the draft. So I think if they can get, you know, one of those guys or both of those guys turn towards wide receiver. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the thing is, is I think it's more about, who are good fits for Schwartz, and I think Clancy or Smith would be a would be would be solid um, at that de tackle position. I think you're I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Well, let's circle back around to the to the combine here in Indianapolis, and let's uh, uh, continue our our conversation about uh, possible franchise quarterbacks. Uh, um, you know, we talked about uh, Levis going uh, to the Panthers. Maybe that would happen. The other guy that everybody's talking about, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Richardson could also be in play for the Panthers at the number nine overall. At this juncture, it appears more likely Levis will go off the board first. So that probably leaves him going to the Seattle Seahawks. How's my math on that? Honestly, Richardson to the Seahawks does make a ton of sense. All indications are that the Seahawks are going to sign Geno. Resign Geno maybe one or two years after the year he just had which makes sense. Dude earned it. And then draft Richardson. Richardson is super, super raw. And so he's going to need to sit for a year behind somebody. And I don't think Gino's going to have an attitude um, like what we've seen from other guys, like Aaron Rodgers, for example, when there's a young quarterback that's brought in. Um, he's going to try. I think Gino would be a good fit for him. Um and, and then the other, the other possibility that I think could happen is in regards to this whole quarterback race is what happens in Washington. Um, we he, we're hearing they're, they're going to be very aggressive um, to try to go get Lamar Jackson. 
But if that doesn't happen, let's just say that that, that the Ravens decide to not be stupid and just let an, an MVP caliber player walk or they tag and trade him, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Washington is another team that could could try to sneak up to try to get one of these young quarterbacks uh, because the other thing is is if they can have a if they have a franchise quarterback in that building, they become a an even more appealing option for a potential sale um, of the ownership away from Dan Snyder. Um, the, all NFL franchises are obviously very very valuable, but if you have a a big time quarterback, um, it increases the value even more. Um, so I, I think they could be very aggressive um, in going up. And that's where I don't know that Seattle ends up taking a quarterback. They may just ride Geno another year and then, you know, look at quarterback next year. And then and draft the very well. immediately try to get back to the playoffs. That's, that's very well true. They might kick that can down to, to, uh, uh, next next year, if you will. That, exactly. Yes, because, sir. I mean, this was a pick they didn't think they were going to have in the first, or like a pick that, that was going to be at that spot in the first place, because that was that's the Broncos, you know, Russell Wilson slot. So, if I'm Seattle, I'm riding Geno for another season, because it's obvious Pete Carroll knows what he's doing with with you know young with scrambling type quarterbacks. So I would I would absolutely kick the can down the road. They have two first rounders. Take two players that are going to help you um, get back to the playoffs. So if I'm Seattle, I'd be looking at you know offensive tackle. Um, their defense was a mess, and some of these defensive players could slide down the board. They could get um, you know they did really really well at the cornerback position last year, getting Woolen, um, but their other cor- corner position had had struggles. So I mean. I could see them. If I'm Seattle, I would look towards uh, Joey Porter Jr., the corner from uh, Penn State, or um, the corner from Oregon. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. Christian Gonzalez. Yes, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. We're, we're talking about I only that's know that where I would go. My mind. That's where I, I would know go that if I'm I, they were, I was following the combine yesterday, and he's, he got all the, the, the raz. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really, let's let's talk about him for a second since you brought him up. He's really got everything you could ask for in a quarter quarterback uh, prospect. Uh, I would be, be shocked if he makes it to round two, but if he does and he's still on the board, God, you, you would think that the Browns would look at him. The, would the Browns? Uh, I don't think the Browns would because we drafted MJ Emerson last year, and he had a great rookie year. Um if they did that, that would be the sign that they're trading Denzel Ward, if I'm going to be honest. Because they're, they're already trying to figure out what to do because they have more corners than they have spots on the field and kind of nobody wants to be the slot guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, I think Gonzalez I, – Gonzalez or Joey Porter Jr., Gonzalez has all the, the tools and he's smooth. It just kind of depends on what type of coverage you play. If you're going to play a, a lot more of like a zone um, or zone press, then I would say Gonzalez, if you're going to look at going essentially straight physical man-to-man, which is what Seattle likes to do with their corners, um, I would look at um, Joey Porter Jr. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all, sir. 
So let's just kind of go through some of these uh, teams that are in need of a quarterback. We know the Texans, the Colts, the Panthers. One team we haven't talked about is the Bears, who sat at number one. Um, I don't know that they're going to – the local media was joking because they were sitting right next to uh, the Chicago media, and they were trying to say, hey, so what's going on? Are you guys going to trade? Are you not going to trade? Whatever. A lot of people think that, that the the Bears will trade – go down, which – who wouldn't want the number one pick? You would want. You would wonder if they make that offer to the Colts. Uh, but you've got the tech. Let's, let's, let's just go back to the Bears. The Bears need a quarterback too. They've got the number one pick. They've got all the control in the world. Who, who do they get? What do they do? Bears don't need a quarterback. Justin Fields is fine. Um, just get him an offensive line that can block for more than like a half a second, and he'll be fine. Um, <laughs> the Bears. The optimal strategy for the Bears, if I'm the Bears GM, this is what I do. I trade from one to four. Colts are going to give up some assets. They'll probably take they'll take the four pick this year. It'll probably take maybe their second this year, and then a like a first and a fourth next year, or like a first, second, and then you can see like a two, three, four. It would be some sort of package like that. Uh, it's going up to number one always costs a little bit more than a shift up just three spots because you get to pick your guy. So Chicago trade number one to four for Indianapolis. Indianapolis, don't be stupid. Don't blow it. Go get a CJ Stroud <laughs> so then I can go get Tom a CJ Stroud jersey. And then if I'm Chicago, you have the four picks still don't think, and I've been saying this all year, I don't think Carter and Will Anderson are the kind of generational defensive talents that the media wants to act like they are. Uh, I've watched, you know, guys that the Miles Garrett, the Khalil Max in college, those aren't those guys. Um, they're just different. They're just not, they, they're not at that level. Um, if I'm in Chicago, I'm not biting on one of them because, again, you still need more help. Trade the four to Carolina to let or Washington or Carolina would be ideal because you can still sit at seven. Um, and you trade the four to Carolina. Carolina go get Levis, Richardson, whichever one they want, whoever's left, maybe even Bryce Young in that scenario. I mean, I think Young would go to the Texans, but – who knows? Maybe maybe they take freaking Will Levis. We don't know. <laughs> um, and then the Bears at seven take either Paris Johnson, tackle from Ohio State, or Peter Skaronsky, the tackle from Northwestern. And then you'd probably come away in that scenario with an additional – you still have the seven pick, which is still a good pick. You still get a really great player. Um, at tackle position, which is what you need desperately to protect Justin Fields. And then you probably come away with two more first, two to three more first rounders, at least three more seconds and two thirds, and probably a fourth or two. Like you would go from, we don't have a lot of assets to the cupboard is, is stocked with draft picks. And we can protect our, our guy in Justin Fields. We're talking with Adam Jividen, our college football uh, co-pilot, Super Browns fan, 
super Buckeyes fan, uh, super duper Cavs fan, and just an all-around great guy. We're breaking down. Our conversation today is around franchise quarterbacks, folks, because of the NFL Combine that's going on here in Indianapolis or the Indoor Olympics. And uh, what, what a better we've never well we have over the last year we've never been in a situation to where we really need a dire need to pick up a first round uh pick for our franchise quarterback now let me mix everything all up because i like getting you worked up on a saturday morning uh adam jividen we know how stupid chris ballard is well that's a little yeah. harsh. i'm using your words but let's just let's just say that chris ballard pulled chris ballard and he kicked the, the quarterback situation down to the second round or and it kicks it down into next year. And then he says, we'll deal with this next year when we've got a – and he, he wouldn't be wrong. You've got better choices for quarterbacks next year. Let's go pick up Derek Carr and let's go have a field day. First of all, you're going to piss off your entire fan base. But second of all, it's not that far out of reality. I can't imagine. I can't see it. But that scenario, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think if the Colts do that, the thing is, is that the quarterback class next year, I'm looking at it, isn't that, there's Caleb Williams at the top who who might be a higher upside than anybody in this draft, including C.J. Stroud. I'm saying that as an Ohio State guy. Um, I don't know that Derek Carr would want to come to Indy. Derek Carr is going to want to go somewhere where he has, he has better weapons, I think, and I think after winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson would qualify as that, um, and I don't know that Jonathan Taylor is that much better than Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall showed some some big-time ability at running back before he got hurt, so I, I think the Jets are actually going to get Derek Carr. Now, would, would Indy get Derek Carr? Sh- sure they could. I mean, they could offer Derek Carr maybe more money or something like that to, to get him to, to, to switch out. Do I'll say this. I think going after Derek Carr is a better option than Will Levis. And I I would say, obviously, Bryce Young, because I don't even personally feel like Bryce Young is draftable. After, not that he doesn't have the talent, but after what we saw happen to Tua, I'm like, I'm not – I'm not signing that guy. With all the concussions this year, I mean, Bryce Young very well physically could be out of the league before he even hits a second contract. He's so small. I mean, Tom, Bryce Young, I'm six foot tall and 195 pounds, and Bryce Young is smaller than I am. I know. Size has got to be an issue. So let me ask you this. You're an Ohio State guy. Bryce Young is certainly a very, very talented quarterback. Let me ask you this. How was he so successful? Because let's face it, let's just put it out there as it is, what it is. The 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 defense back, the cornerback, the people that are that came at him at Ohio State are likely going to come at him in the NFL, especially those that are senior graduated going into the to the NFL. How could he be successful in that arena, but not in the NFL? So you're talking Bryce Young over not CJ. Yes, I'm sorry. Is I should have right? made that clear. Go. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, so here's the thing. Alabama's offensive line, generally one through five, is always better, almost always better than whatever defense 
defensive line they were lining up against in every single game of Bryce Young's career, except the three times, four times played Alabama. Or not Alabama, they played Georgia. And what happened in those games? Young got beat up. We haven't even seen Young go through an entire season and stay healthy. Like, that's a problem. If you're getting hurt at the collegiate level, you're going to get hurt in the pros. And, and that's, that's my case is, like, are they a lot of the same dudes? Yes. The difference is a whole NFL team is full of NFL guys, whereas an NFL defense in college might don't, or a good defense in college is only going to have probably four or five NFL players. Well, in the NFL, they're all NFL players. Valid point. Valid point. So, all right, let's uh, run so through I some narrative. That's my case with, with Young. Could he be good? Absolutely. Do I hope the best for him? I do. I just – I look at that guy. My concern is that he's going to get hit and that we're going to see somebody – you know what concerns me, Tom, is I don't want to see another situation like Jamar Hamlin or some of those guys, some of those injuries that happened in the 90s where guys aren't able to walk anymore. So they're, they get hit yeah. in the head or, you know, like – because they're just small. That's my yeah. concern with Bryce Young. It has nothing to do with him as a person. From everything I've heard, he's a great kid. Like, I think he does have a lot of talent. Like, he's just little. I, I just – I look at it as, okay, can I run as well as Bryce Young? No. But if I got hit by Miles Garrett, I might die. Like, it's that – that's that's the example of what I look at. Because Garrett's, what, five – with, like, 4% body fat and can bench press a house. Like, that's the guy that's going to be chasing after you. And if you go to Houston, their offensive line is horrible. And he's going to take a lot of sacks, and he's going to get beat up. I just don't know that he has the size. He has all of the everything else. But at the end of the day, professional sports is still about your size. Like LeBron James so, is a freak, but he's also six eight, and he was a good place to start from. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of intertwine things here, uh, Adam. I don't know how much longer you can stay on with this, but we've got Tony Donahue from the Just Tony D podcast uh, down in uh, St. Pete, and it's the IndyCar race season starting up this season, and he's only got a small window for us. So uh, we'll stay. We'll, we'll get back to the the underwear Olympics and the combine and all the fun talk about the the the, the quarterback situation. And we'll go over to Tony Donahue's calling us from St. Pete. How are you, buddy? Good. I don't know what uh, I don't know what you guys think, but I think if the Colts go with C.J. Stroud, they're gonna they're gonna make the best the best pick with that. You got to get a guy that can come in right now because this fan base with the recycle quarterbacks that they've came with the last couple of years, the Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers of the world, Matt Ryan last year. Um, you've got to get – you know, if you're going to win four, only four games again next year, I would rather do it with a quarterback that's learning that's a rookie that's going to make some mistakes than a veteran quarterback who can't, who can't move out of the pocket to extend the play. Yeah, we've been talking about, we've been talking about C.J. Stroud all, all morning here. Um, uh, Adam, you want to go ahead and shine in, in there? I know you had some thoughts on C.J. Stroud to the Colts too. Yeah, I, I, I've said C.J. – is the best case scenario for Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I agree. He's been, in my opinion, the best quarterback in this draft the whole time. It's not even close. I think from an NFL quarterback perspective, 
he has a higher ceiling than Justin Fields did coming out of Ohio State. The questions about CJ are, at this point, were kind of the, well, we haven't seen an Ohio State quarterback dominate in the NFL. And I'm like, okay, the guys that are dominating, what schools did they go to? Freaking Texas Tech, they went to Louisville, they went to Oregon. School doesn't matter if you look at the dude. And C.J. Stroud is a dude. He's a man. He is the only quarterback in this draft that has potential top five quarterbacks written all over him. Nobody else does. I think I think we're all in agreement on there, and, and I think uh, we we also think that Levis will head on down to Carolina and join Frank Reich down there. But Tony, you're down in St. Pete. Uh, IndyCar's back on the track again. How exciting is that? Tell us uh, some takeaways that's going on in St. Pete this weekend. What are you looking at uh, for IndyCar as they kick off their 2023 season? Yeah, kind of, a, I guess, a touch-and-go weekend. You had a practice session yesterday, and the majority of the field kind of sat still after their install lap for about a half hour. So um, there's a practice getting right at the start here, then qualifying later today. Uh, I guess the, the, the big sexy pick name right now is Kyle Kirkwood and joins Andretti Autosport after – what some would say a lame duck season over at A.J. Foyt. We, we knew that Andretti wanted him back after he was racing in Indy Lights. Didn't really have the, the room for him after Devlin DeFrancesco bought in and pretty much funded that whole Roman Grosjean entry as well. Now there's an opening with Rossi moving over to Errol McLaren. Uh, Kirkwood looked good. You know, this is his home race being a Florida boy. Um, we'll, we'll see if he can put it all together. That's It's, it's tough for you know, even a second-year driver to do. But as we say that, last year, McLaughlin in his second race at St. Pete put it together, put it, on a, put it on the pole, and won the race. But, again, there's a difference right now between Team Penske and Andretti Autosport. Uh, you look back at the results last year, Rossi had a win, and Colton Herta had a win. Colton's win obviously came at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and it was raining, and kind of everything uh, everything turned in a different direction when, when that happened and kind of evened the field out. So, um, Kirkwood is the guy a lot of people are looking at. I like Scott McLaughlin again today. Dixon, you know, all reliable. He was kind of just sitting around, sitting around in practice, and all of a sudden towards the end, uh, he put down a, a, a good banger lap to put him, I think, P1 at the, at the time. So, uh, But, you know, we talk about this every week in any car, especially on the road courses. It's, all right, who's going to win? Is it going to be Penske or is it going to be Ganassi? Dixon's going to be right there. Pelot's going to be right there. And then you've got the three at Team Penske with McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, and Will Power, um, and Will Power coming off the championship, New Garden coming off of five wins last season, is hungry to win the championship. And then you've got, obviously, Scott McLaughlin, the defending winner of this race, who won three times last year. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com calling us from down in St. Pete, where IndyCar is opening up their, their season. A couple more uh, things to talk with you about, Tony, and I'll let you go because I know you got to get to practice. A lot of things that we look at in the at the beginning of the season is the winner of St. Pete often does very. I don't know why this happens, but it just seems to happen this way. The winner in the in the podium in St. Pete seems to do mediocre at the Indianapolis 500. Do you think that's going to be the, the case this year? You know, it's it's you know last year obviously that happened with with Scott McLaughlin not having a great 500. The year before that, you know. Um, you know, Elio, who won the 500, wasn't even a full-time driver, really, and didn't race St. Pete that year. Uh, you go back to Bourdais, you go back to Montoya a few years ago. I, I think what, you know, you're looking at right now is this is one of the most competitive fields that IndyCar has seen. I go back to 2016 when 
when Rossi was 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 coming in and or 27 excuse me 2018 it was Wickens was a rookie Rossi Wickens ran really really good at St. Pete was was leading laps late um, I think you got to get off to a good start with Indianapolis not being you know the double points that it's been in the past I don't think that's going to affect too much but it's not going to hurt you as bad as maybe it did last year for a Scott McLaughlin to wreck out or a Scott Dixon who obviously dominated the race and then on that last pit stop was you know, barely over the speed limit and had to come in. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think at St. Pete, you know, you, you get off to a good start. It's, 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 it's a great race. It's fun. Uh, it, it does get a little spread out. Strategies can change. We saw Rossi in the middle of the race last year kind of come from about 18th up to lead some laps. So practice here shortly and then qualifying later today. And then we'll, we'll kind of know probably a five to eight driver range of who has a legitimate chance to win based on where they're going to start today. Well, super excited to get the IndyCar season going. Uh, real quickly, NASCAR out in Vegas. Uh, Steve is headed out there. He's on a plane. Uh, well, he got there at 1 o'clock in the morning, so he's not able to join us. But one of the news that we found out overnight, Chase Elliott hurt in a snowmobile accident going into surgery. Well, first of all, it's not the first time that racers do things that they maybe shouldn't be doing right before a race. What do we know about uh, Chase Elliott? We know that uh, Josh Berry is going to step in on this. Is this a long-time serious thing that we need to be worried about with Chase Elliott? I mean, we were talking about this this morning. Like, do you not have that in, the, in your contract that in the race season you can't go and do all these other extra activities? Um, you know, I would think they would. They used to do the same with Kyle Larson and Tony Stewart where they didn't want them to go and race these sprint cars because they thought they would get into an accident and get hurt, and then you got Chase Elliott going you know, up into the mountains and breaking his legs. So I don't know how long he's going to be out for. It gives a guy like Josh Berry a chance to, to get in the car and kind of see what he can do. He's never really got a, a full shot in cup. I think it might actually be his first career start, if not mistaken. So uh, we'll see if the, the, the junior motorsports driver can step up. And that's a good car, as we know, keep it competitive. And honestly, as we learned with Kyle Busch a few years ago when he wrecked out of that race in Daytona and broke his leg and was out, you can still win a championship even if you miss a few races. That's how NASCAR sets it up, right? They want it to be so exciting for the playoffs down the stretch that if he can come back in June and rip off a race win or two, he's locked in. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like high school basketball in Indiana. Your record during the regular season doesn't even matter because it's a random blind draw for the tournament. So here all you got to do is win one race, and you could – if you wanted to, I guess sit out. I mean, your sponsors obviously aren't going to like that. But for Chase Elliott, I mean, if he can come back in May or June or July, depending on how long it takes, and win a race, he's going to be punched into the playoffs after missing, you know, even if he only misses one race, he can still make the playoffs. So I think there's, you know, you, 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 it's different. You know, in the NFL, you wouldn't take a game off and, and, and not play and still be able to make the playoffs. Uh, so it's just NASCAR just trying to be the WWE of motorsports, which is fine. They want to. You know, they want to be able to do that and, and, and make it exciting for the fans. So, still has a chance to, to make the championship, which is crazy. Tony Donahue of the Tony D uh, uh, podcast at BurnoutSports.com. What, what are you guys working on this week, sir, outside the we'll office? Just, we'll have a bunch on, on Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets, talking about IndyCar, and we'll see if we get some odds out after uh, practice and qualifying later today. All right, buddy. We appreciate you. You have yourself a good race weekend out there in St. Pete. You too, man. Take care. Thanks. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us in. Adam Jividan had to join, had to jump, uh, so it is what it is. And, of course, we have our normal 
uh, audio issues that we have here on the on the on the balance. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a live balance uh, if we didn't have audio issues. But that's okay. We've got it all figured out. Uh, my name is Tom Marcus L. President Day. We'll be right back on the Balance Radio Network to talk a little NASCAR, talk a little bit more what's going on in the world, and then we're going to wrap it up and put a bow on it for the day. And Adam Jevenin had a jump, so you're back with just me. Hey, how about that? You started the show with just me, and you ended the show with just me. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. 
Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it freshly okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. up here gonna put the final hot tally on today's show man it's been a good one we've been talking underwear olympics <laughs> oh i know it's the nfl combine here in indianapolis uh of course we're located in indianapolis high atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of indianapolis we do this thing called the balance every saturday morning thanks for listening make sure that you uh if you're listening to us on the podcast you hit like the favorite so we know how awesome you are. I mean, hell, we know how awesome we are. But, but but more importantly is when we drop a podcast, like you're listening to right now, okay, you get a notification. You got to stop everything you're doing and go listen to us. The other good thing about it is, you know, a lot of these other podcasts, they try to get cute and do all this fancy, dancy stuff. What we do is the podcast is a show. Good, bad, or indifferent, uh, when you listen to the podcast, you're listening to the live show. Uh, we don't do any editing per se uh, unless we have something important that we have to take out, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but for the most part, we do no editing. We're, the show is our show. So, you know, that puts us a little bit different than some of the other uh, yahoos out there. Besides that, why would you want to listen to a different podcast than what you got right here? I mean, there's all kinds of podcasts out there, and when it comes to sports, wouldn't you like to be right here? Make sure you're following us on the social media, the Twitter, the Balance Social, the Twitter, at T-Balance. And then, uh, of course, uh, you can find us on the Book of Faces. Just search the Balance. Look for our logo. We're right there. Easy to find. Well, we have been talking. Uh, we, of course, we titled the show the "Franchise Quarterback." The, the, the Indianapolis Colts have got to get a quarterback. And we, the, the thing is, where, where are they going to do it right? Are they going to do it right? And we, we seem to have a consistent, consi- consistent theory on our panel today. Uh, me, Adam Jividen, and Tony Donahue. That C.J. Stroud's the guy, right? That's who makes the most sense. You know. It's, it'd be a good fit for Steichen, getting him a, a, a good quarterback to start off his career here at the Indianapolis Colts. But 
and I say but with a capital B. Chris Ballard always finds a way to monkey the wall. I hope he changes my opinion. I hope he does. You know, but so we talked about where some of the other quarterbacks could end up. Again, common thought pattern would be Levis would end up at um, in uh, Carolina with Frank Reich. Um, possible. It's a good scenario. So we went through a lot of those different scenarios and uh, and so forth. But also, we typically have our racing segment, and because of, of practice with Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast and BurnoutSports.com, we had to call a little bit earlier. And Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, is out in Las Vegas. His plane didn't land at 1 o'clock this morning, and uh, they're three hours behind us now anyway. So way too early for him to get up and call. So we're going to give him a pass. So that brings us back to full circle. You have got NASCAR talk with me. We don't have a lot of time left, uh, but we talk about NASCAR. Let's real quickly. Let's you know Tony t- touched on it here in the last segment about uh, Chase Elliott, and he's not the first guy to get tangled up in something before a race. Um, not at all. And as, as he made the the point of making that, you know, we've we've dealt with it with Tony Stewart, we've dealt with it with Kyle Larson, we've dealt with it with others. You would think. I, I mean, I'm no lawyer. But you you would think that somewhere in the context of the contract, you say during race season or during my term here under contract, with there are certain things I can't do. And you would think, as fun as snowmobiling is, I don't know, I've only been once or twice. They're fun. But uh, – it's a, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous sport and here we here we saw it happen with Chase Elliott gets in a car accident I mean a car accident snowbell snowmobile accident a snow machine accident and having surgery Josh Berry next man up I like Josh Berry though I've been I've been enjoying watching him in the uh, Xfinity series Chase Elliott's lost Josh Berry's win I guess um, especially if he a long shot here, but especially if he comes out to to win the race, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? That'd be great, but it'd be crazy. It'd certainly give guys like me uh, something to talk about, right? <laughs> I don't like. I really need something to talk about. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six. Are just we only got just a little bit of time left here, and we're just going to wrap it up by talking a little bit of NASCAR. Of course, IndyCar opens up their season out in St. Pete, and that's happening this weekend. Tony Donahue of the Tony G, uh, podcast and burnoutsports.com called us in, uh, from St. Pete. He, he needed to call us a little bit earlier because of practice, and if you've ever been around IndyCar and the practice sessions, it's quite loud, and it's, you know, it's on the streets of St. Pete, so you can't duck into a building or something like that. So Chase Elliott hurts his leg snowboarding out of NASCAR race on Sunday. He, he, I mean, he had surgery, successful surgery. Uh, we really don't know what the injury in his left leg on Friday night. He had a snowmobile, oh, snowboarding. I've been saying snowmobiling. Okay, snowboarding. Okay, 
maybe not quite as bad. But aren't you supposed to be in Vegas? That's in Nevada, the last I checked. Colorado, of course, Rick Hendrick told the Associated Press on Friday night that Elliot was just out of surgery and it went well. Hendrick gave no additional details about Elliot's condition of the accident. Here's the thing. Hendrick is NASCAR's winningest car owner, and Elliot is NASCAR's most popular driver. The eighth-year driver has had never missed a Cup Series start previously. He came in uh, from um, in, in when when Jeff Gordon retired. So there's that element of it all. Thank you, Chase Hillett, for giving me some context for my show. Josh Berry will drive the number nine uh, Chevy on Sunday in place of Elliott. Really, Elliott could need a waiver from NASCAR to be eligible for this year's playoffs. We were just talking about this with Tony Donahue. They could really sit out to May, June, whatever, come in, win a race, and be secured a spot in the playoffs. Is that fair to everybody else that was out there doing the right thing? I don't, I don't think so. Now, this has happened before. Other drivers, NASCAR's granted waivers. So, that said, uh, Chase Elliott being one of the most popular drivers and drives for the winningest team in NASCAR history, what are the chances that Chase Elliott's going to get a waiver? I think bloody little likely. I think it's going to happen. You know, in, in all seriousness aside, I like I like Chase Elliott. Um, I really do. I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time. And, and you know, you want you want drivers to be safe and, and that sort of stuff. But come on, let's 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 use our brain. But the good thing about it is we have Josh Berry stepping up, and Josh Berry is a very good driver. I've been enjoying watching him in the. Uh, Xfinity Series, um, and he's he's the third. This is the third. I'm sorry, Las Vegas is the third race of the season. Um, Barry is a two-time winner in the Xfinity Series at Las Vegas. So, so we always like to say, okay, who's going to be in victory? Who we who we putting our DraftKings bet on? Who are we who are we looking at? And we always like to say, okay, let's 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 look at the the possible scenarios, if you if you will. And we usually talk about this with Steve. Uh, again, he got in late in Vegas, um, one o'clock in the morning, uh, and he didn't get his hotel till later. They're three hours behind us, so you know we'll give him a pass. But we typically say, okay, here here's the scenarios. Here 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 uh, here's where we're where we're at. I like Toyota for Vegas. And I know you're going to say, well, please explain yourself, Tom. Glad you asked. I'll be glad I can do that. Diddy Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, has the longest active streak of 10 top of, of top 10 finishes on the one-and-a-half-mile track. Uh, Hamlin also scored the third most points in the one-and-a-half-mile track in 2022, 37. The, the strong history that Denny Hamlin has had in the next-gen car at one-and-a-half-mile tracks. Makes sense. Denny Hamlin. 
look at him going into victory lane because you can never outrule Ross Chastain or Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson has finished in the top uh, 10 and 8 of his last 10 starts in Vegas. Ross Chastain, he finished in the top three in both Las Vegas races in 2022, all Toyota cars. So you say, why do you go with Toyota in Vegas? There you go. I just gave you a complete set of factors. <laughs> Thank you for what it's worth. Of course, we, we, as we've been talking about, we know Chase Elliott won't compete. Here's kind of what I think will happen. Then we're going to wrap it up. I think Denny Hamlin's going to get the win. I'm going to make sure that he gets the Jack Kings pick this weekend. And then I think Kyle Larson and Ross Chastain, those three, one, two, three. Yes, there was a reason for my my talk about the Toyota and the three drivers. Martin Truex Jr., keep your eye on him. Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, William Bryan, Kevin Harvick, his final year. Every race this year is his final race, and he's going in to work for Fox. So it looks like this is the real deal, the real deal. And you would typically throw in Chase Elliott. Right? I just can't keep, keep talking from about him, can I? So, you know, Brad Kulowski, A.J. Allmendinger, Dinger, the Dinger. Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Austin Dillon, all of those I look in to be really good possible top ten finishes in Vegas. Going down to St. Pete, IndyCar kicks off their season at St. Petersburg in the streets of St. Petersburg. St. Pete, that's where, uh, uh, a great fun race to watch. But what? how cool is it? to see IndyCar come back. They've got a pretty significant off-season. They they don't have as, as long of a season of NASCAR, but, man, do we love IndyCar. And probably because of my love of the Indy 500, uh, certainly what I what I think uh, is one of the best places on the face of the earth. And as we get closer to that, we'll, we'll have a lot more time talking about that. Of course, we'll be down there. It's, to me, it's one of the most special places on earth. So that said, that's why I enjoy watching IndyCar kick things off. And Tony Donahue of Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com called us from St. Petersburg and you know, kind of given us some things to, to look at. So I'm excited to see the IndyCar season get underway. I'm excited to just be excited, right? <laughs> so uh, – you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We we will see what happens. Again, make sure you're following us on the Twitter, on our socials, at T Balance, on the Facebook, on the Book of Faces. Just search uh, the Balance for a logo. It's right there. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. It is time to wrap it up and put a bow on it. We'll see you all next week. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I'm blind. I can see through this and see why.
us behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror What do you see? With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 